In the name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. What do you want to hear today? What can I tell you today to make things seem okay, to make life seem a little more worth living? What would you like to hear from the texts that you had today? Would you like to hear about the fact that Jesus will take care of the leprosy of a rough life, the leprosy of your struggles and your sorrows? Would you like to hear about something that the days will get better, not worse, even though our hymn just pointed it out, the days grow rougher and rougher. I often, over the past couple of months, have sat back and done some thinking about what it is to be a Christian in the world today. 21 years ago, when I was first ordained, I didn't anticipate some of the things to happen that we have seen happen in the world. And quite honestly, some of the thoughts, the views, the mentality that we deal with today are kind of shocking, they're sad, and quite honestly, I'm sure Chaplin found would agree, it kind of leaves us pastor types wondering, what do we do? How can we get through to people? How is it that people can see beyond the messes of life and the world? People are suffering so much, and yet this place stands open and before them, and yet it seems like things are rejected more and more in terms of what the gospel provides. I'm just as guilty. There are times and days where I don't want to stand up here before you. There are plenty of times and days where I have been all centered on myself as a pastor, where I have had to have my way, and I have stamped down people and situations to make sure that it happens. Today's texts are an eye-opener for me and an eye-opener for you as well, I hope. Paul says it today, our works in our bodies, our flesh and blood, are evident. And so when we think about this world and everything that we face here today, Paul is not mincing any words. He lists 15 different things that we all get wrapped up and caught up in. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Do those hit home a little bit? Do those make you stop and think maybe about the world in the w which we live in? To maybe open up the fact that what Paul faced is really no different than what we face today? Does this list of 15 and the like cut you to the heart? Does it open up you and your life for bear? Or is it something that we constantly are trying to stamp down and say, no, we're good, we're just fine? Everything is hunky-dory. 
and it will get better. Sometimes the word of God really does hurt. It stings. It chops us off at the knees. It cuts us down. And in many ways, that's exactly what we need, especially for a time like this with everything that we're facing, everything that I'm facing where I mess everything up and all of the problems and things that you have where you mess these things up called life as well. Paul does not mince words, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, that hurts even more, doesn't it? That makes us wonder. In all of this list, having done all of these things and such the like, am I going to be saved? This is an example today of us, for us, of how the law of God is meant to work. It's meant to kill us, to tell us that we have no good in us, no matter what the world and all of our technology and all of our easy solutions, everything at the grasp of our hands, no matter what it is that we wrap ourselves up into, Paul doesn't say, if you just change your ways, you might be saved. If you just think about these things and maybe how you should try to avoid them, you might be saved. It's a warning. It's a warning for all of us, but it is not something that he leaves you with. This is why we need Christ. Christ is not the one who keeps at a distance from us. If I were to tell you those three words today, you probably have some PTSD. Keep your distance. Yeah, great. I went to the doctor four or five weeks ago with my, you guys remember when I lost my voice? Yeah. Went in, they asked me what's going on. Here's your mask. Go over on the infected side of the doctor's office. <laughs> we laugh now. But the pandemic was something that waked us up to the reality of humanity. The world is not going to be the same. Your life is not going to be the same. This church will never be the same as will any other church because of this. The reality that we faced with that, where we were confused, we weren't sure what's going on, we avoided everyone and everything at all cost, shows us the reality that with these 15 things that we're caught up in with Paul's reading today, and then we add all of those things, keeping our distance from everybody else, keeping our distance even from the things and gifts of the world, we're confused, we're lost, and we don't know where things are going. And now on top of that, Paul says, keep it up, and you won't inherit the kingdom of God. What a downer. It's not much inspiration today, Pastor, but I think there is. God in Christ Jesus is not a God who keeps his distance from you. 
We notice that today in the gospel reading where Jesus encounters 10 lepers. Leprosy was far more contagious and infectious than COVID or the flu. And it didn't cause a runny nose, coughing, fever, and body aches. It literally meant that your flesh was rotting at the bone and sometimes falling off. Mask isn't going to help that, is it? But Jesus encounters these ten lepers, and yes, they are keeping the distance because if you had leprosy, you had to not only separate yourself from your family, but from the community that you lived in. Not only that, if you had leprosy and somebody was to walk by the community of the lepers, the lepers needed to shout out, unclean, unclean, to keep everybody away from them so they didn't catch it as well. Do you imagine going into the grocery store three years ago and saying, COVID, COVID, let me go down this aisle, you go over a couple of other aisles. We didn't even do that. But the wonderful image that we have here today is, is that no matter what we face, no matter how immersed we've gotten into ourselves and our sins, no matter how much we realize there's nothing that we can do, you have Christ. Christ Jesus, true God and true man, who became us, human flesh and blood. These ten men knew something about Jesus, and as we talked about in Wednesday night Bible class this week, we don't know how they knew about it. Maybe some of those people who took care of them told them about Jesus. Maybe they heard about Jesus from people passing by. It didn't matter. These ten lepers knew that Jesus was a friend. Jesus was somebody who could meet them, that he is one who came to heal, to save that which is lost. Jesus is the friend of sinners. He loves the sick. He cannot catch the leprosy. He cannot be infected by your sins because he who knew no sin became sin for us. Jesus is like the doctor who already has the disease. You can't make him any more sick. He's already taken on your sins, your sickness. He's taken it onto his shoulders. He's taken on the whole weight of the world. All of those things that Paul lists, all of the lists that you have running through your head, all of those things that you know that nobody else knows that you have said, thought, and done, he places it onto himself and he goes to the cross and these things are put to the death in his flesh and blood. My violence, my anger, my jealousy, all given to him. It kills him. And if that were the end of the story, we would have no hope. Thanks, Jesus, for taking care of this, but we're still going to die. We just have to protect ourselves, keep one another away from each other, and we'll be good. But Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. That's your hope. That's the great joy and news that you have today. That though we are listed with these 15 things, though you have sorrow, though you have shame, 
you have pain, you have jealousy, anger, all of these things, you have the kingdom of God in your midst. Christ Jesus crucified in the flesh, Christ Jesus raised from the dead in the flesh, Christ Jesus here and now for you. He does not leave you empty. He doesn't leave you with the, the list of those 15 things or even more. Today, you now have love. That's not a plasticky, shallowy love like I love my iPhone or bacon. This is a love that is sacrificial. You have joy. Joy is not happiness. Hey, everything's going well. It's all good. Joy is this idea of hope and restoration even in the midst when things are in the toilet. Joy is looking at that list of 15 things with the warning that you will not inherit the kingdom of God, but that you have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit in your baptism, that you are now connected to Jesus' death and resurrection, that you now have true love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. And today is not even a day of looking at those seven fruits and saying, take an inventory as to what you have. Maybe you're a little more gentle than Pastor Schaff. Maybe you're a little more good than somebody else. Maybe you have a little bit more love or peace than somebody else that you see in the church. These things are not a list for you to do an inventory of. These things are given to you by the Spirit when and where you need them. And even in my sins, when I don't recognize that I truly need them, He gives them anyways because it is now no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the same thing is with you. This shows us today that by the word of God, Jesus is not keeping his distance from you, just like he didn't with the lepers. You are changed. The nine men ran off, and they wanted to go back to their old ways under the law to show the priests that they were clean, and everything's good. The unlikely one realized and saw where there was true hope, and it was in Jesus. But this also should be a wake-up call for us as well. Only one out of ten came back. Only one out of ten realized who Jesus is and realized by faith what Jesus has done. What does this tell us? It tells us in some ways that faith is rare, that holding on the Christ is rare, that it's something that is not going to be received. He came to that which his own, but his own would not receive them. It might be rare. Things might be growing tougher and tougher. The church might be seemingly something that is going down and weaker and does not able to stand. Nonetheless, today as well is not the idea of how much faith do you have. 
I don't have enough. And this is not a spitting contest here today saying just have a stronger faith. You don't even have your own faith. Faith comes to you by hearing and hearing through the word of God. The faithfulness that you now have been given is the faithfulness of Jesus to you. He is the one who gives you your faith. No matter where you are at in life, He is the one who connects you to His grace. You are different. You are different than the world. You're different than everybody outside of the Christian church. And though things seem bleak, though I keep battering and beating down my neighbor, though things seem like hopeless or lost, you are changed in your baptism. You are the people of God. You have his forgiveness and his healing. The Samaritan responds to Jesus not with, what do I need to do now, Jesus? He simply responds with praise and thanksgiving. So what do you want to hear? I don't know. It's the NFL season. Blech. What do you want to hear today? It's not about what you want, but it's what you need. This is why we've been constantly talking about the word and the sacraments as the medicine of immortality given to you by Jesus, the great physician of body and of soul. Forgiveness is yours today. Forgiveness and love is mine today as well. Jesus has taken on the sins of the whole world and no matter how many times I get depressed or despair, no matter how many times I get wrapped up into sin, shame, and guilt, he does not keep his distance. He is the good shepherd who pursues you all the days of your life to give you mercy and goodness so that you would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We rise and go our way today not because our faith has made us well. That's not really a good translation. Translation more along these lines, whenever you hear this, is your faith has saved you. It's not as if the Samaritan lived the rest of his life completely leprosy-free. He still died, but Christ saved him just as he has with you. So how do we move forward? How do we go out into this world? Well, the reality is this. You and I who once were unclean are now clean. You who the world considers unlovable are now loved. You and I who reel with all the depths and despair of sadness are now given joy. And that's why we're here. Because Jesus is here, he is still for you here. In your hearing, in your tasting and receiving his goodness, by immersing himself into your life, never to keep his distance from you, but to continually remind you that yours 
is the kingdom of heaven now and forever. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.